Rule number five. Six. Rule number six. Yes. Always carry a weapon. And seven, if you don't have one, make one. Make one. Making a weapon. Ah. it a lot. Thank you so much. You are listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight. Welcome back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Site, episode 249. I'm your host, Lee. Like a museum of coolness in here, Russell. And I am joined by my very cool co-host, Lee. Eyes, throat, genitals. Hardy, how are you doing? It's exactly how I attack people. <laughs> you know what? Every time I've been attacked by somebody, that is that is the way I go. I go eyes, throat, genital. Actually, uh, just funny to mention that um when i was in jujitsu when i was younger like when i was learning self-defense uh it was all, always like solar plexus no it's growing so um <laughs> i just kind of laugh because it's still the same thing like even if no matter how you kind of rotate them like even when they joked with the uh, um miscongeniality when they said nose oh yeah yeah yeah, so uh, the interstep thing is an actual thing. The solar plexus, the nose, the groin. So when she did that, I'm like, it's the same thing. It's the same thing I used to do. It's the same thing that people do. It's all the same formula. It's just sensitive spots that hurt, hurt the most with the least mm-hmm. amount of power. So I'm down for it. Especially with the especially the the throat and the eyes, you can you can like cripple a person for life. Especially Actually. when your head's cut off, just kicking mm-hmm. the right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've learned many lessons about fighting techniques in the movie we're covering. Uh, Turbo Kid from 2015. And uh, I think we're going to have some fun talking about this one. Um, but before we get into that, we have a few comments here. So I put it out on the Facebook page and on Twitter as well. Um, you know, give us comments. And we got three people, which is three more than I expected. So uh, that's good. Um, so on our Facebook page, they must be destroyed on site on Facebook. 
my co-host from the last call at Torchy's podcast that I do with uh, this gentleman and Gary Hill. This is Cameron Scott. He just chimed in to say, love this movie. Not going to disagree. And we also had Nathan Bradford say, Turbo Kid is my chicken soup movie. Putting this on when I feel rotten always puts a smile on my face. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I can see that. We also, okay, uh, sorry. I just want to, before we go, um, I posted kind of um, an update that we're doing this one. Mm -hmm. And our friend Guy commented saying, finally. So pretty stoked about that. So hopefully he'll listen to this one. I didn't realize Guy actually listened to this podcast. I posted on my Facebook um, or sorry, Instagram, which pops up on my Facebook. So, hmm. yeah, we'll just have to make him watch it now or listen to it because we did a movie that he likes. Well, we're gonna we're gonna make all of our friends who show up for the movie night watch this at some point anyway. So. And then they can listen to the podcast. No mm-hmm. excuses. Exactly. Stop being bad friends. Uh, and also, uh, we had a comment on Twitter. This is from uh, Candace, who goes by. Uh, at HorrorHoochie69 on Twitter. She is uh, one of the co-hosts of the Bloody Bits Horror Show, a fine podcast. And she says, how tired are you of the manic pixie dream girl trope? And I'm going to put a pin on that until until we get into our discussion on the movie, because I'm going to argue that uh, Apple is not a manic pixie dream girl. Um, Although she could easily be mistaken as one. So uh, we will get into that when we get into the review of the uh, actual movie. But uh, thanks for the comments, guys. Uh, really appreciate it. Keep your comments uh, coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can move on now to what we've watched lately. And I'll throw over to you first. I've watched a few movies. Uh, I One that I watched was um, Get a Job, I think it was called. Hmm. Anyways, all I'm going to say about this movie, I don't even want to talk about it because it's really shitty. Uh, all I'm going to say about this movie is one of those movies where you're like close to the end and you just give up on it. You're just like, this is, yeah. this is stupid. This is dumb. Like, I'm done. That was that movie. That was exactly that movie. Like, there's a few actors in there that I really like. Like, Anna Kendrick was in it and I really love her. Mm. But um, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I was. Oh, and Brian. Um, uh uh, Malcolm the Middle Dad. Oh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston's in it, and I love him. Nope, nope. It was just a stupid movie. And then I also watched um, two movies about bachelorette parties. And the first one, I don't know. It was meant to be this like female side, and it just got stupid. The other one was called, I think it was called Bachelorette, and uh, I actually enjoyed it. Like it ended up being this, it wasn't so funny, but it ended up just being this ridiculous story, like this outrageous out of nowhere, like how the fuck could this happen type thing. And uh, it kind of got stupid, but I still enjoyed it. Um, but I just, I don't know. I like, like these movies are trying to hit reality. They're trying to play like that cool thing. Like they mm-hmm. all fit into that stage of like trying to be like the hit cool movie that everybody loves. And I, I just think it mix, misses the mark. Like there's just something about it where they try too hard, yeah. where it loses its kind of um, personality to it. Like even the movies back in the '90s, like those really shitty movies at all. When you watch them, you kind of watch rewatch them again because they're so bad they're good. 
these ones are just, I don't know, they take themselves too seriously or they're trying too hard to be funny or they're trying too hard to be hip. I don't know what it is, but the formula is not working and it's kind of disappointing because there's all these really good actors that are going to these movies Mm -hmm. and the movies that are coming out are just like mediocre garbage. And I'm almost wondering because with, especially with uh, COVID and theaters being shut down, if it's just like uh, try and get as many movies out as possible, like on streaming services. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the uh, that's the big rush in the market these days is um, every there's like a million streaming services now and they're all just looking for content. They're willing to buy content. So um, any anyone who can make something that they they can throw on there and try. And it's like Netflix does it all the time. Like they'll get tons of stuff. They'll cancel good stuff even just yeah. because to make room for whatever new shitty thing is is there so that they can try it, let's do it but yeah, yeah like it's this the stories are dumb the acting's okay like i don't know i just it just ruins it for me um but i did watch uh the muppet movie yeah i see i see you on your instagram you were doing that yeah uh i love that movie <laughs> that's it i haven't watched that <laughs> you one know, yet. you know my love for muppet movies mm-hmm. i fucking love them uh it's the that's my feel-good movie. Uh, I was kind of having a shitty day, so I put that movie on, and I, my cat was snuggling me, and it was perfect. I was just laying in bed, and I was like, oh, okay, I feel better now. That's good. <laughs> it's so cute. It's just, I love how they incorporate Muppets as characters. Mm-hmm. And this one, they have, like, the two brothers. One's a Muppet, one's not a Muppet. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's just, it's, uh, yeah, that's right, you haven't seen this one yet. No, I'm going to uh, have to watch it with you at some point. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's cute. It's feel good. Um, it's the same thing. Like, it's just one of those movies where you watch it and you're like, how can you not smile? Like just this goofy, feel good, lovey movie. Yeah, no, I agree. You've uh, won me over with the uh, two Muppets movies we've watched together so far. So, uh, so I got two things I'll mention. I've, I've actually watched like way too much stuff lately, but uh, uh, it feels like, um, but I watched a really good documentary that is just uh, both these things are on shutter, by the way. Um, okay. So there's this documentary on shutter now called woodlands, dark and days bewitched the history of folk horror from 2021. Uh, this is directed by Kirla Janice and she's a Canadian film writer and producer who's sort of, she's founded an international horror school uh, called the Mystatonic uh, Institute of horror studies. And she wrote a couple books. Uh, she wrote one on, especially on like uh, female tropes in like exploitation movies called uh, The House of Psychotic Women, which is very highly regarded. Apparently, I haven't read it yet, but I, I look forward to getting it at some point and reading it. Um, and this is basically her first solo directing effort. And it's this extensive three and a half hour documentary on the folk horror subgenre. And it kind of like pulls from everywhere in the world. It tries to touch a little on a little bit of everything. Um, it's not as all encompassing as uh, like to do that. It would have to be like a six part Netflix series or something like that to be like super all encompassing. But the job it does in three and a half hours and the fact that it doesn't feel like you've watched a three and a half hour documentary is pretty good. They, she gets a lot of information in there. Uh, covers a lot of different uh, variations of folk horror, uh, sort of sites, movies that you wouldn't necessarily think are folk horror, but have folk horror elements in them and points those out. So I, I ran into some surprises there. And I think 
like if, if nothing else, the best thing about this is like, it just gives you this phenomenal list of horror films that, it, that lists like, it, it, I think the movie literally lists like hundreds of titles that you That's can check out. Um, and like, she goes deep, like really obscure stuff from Europe and Russia and shit that no one's ever fucking heard of. And um, in correlation with that, several of the titles that have been mentioned in that doc actually showed up on uh, Shutter as well. So if you go to like the recently added stuff, like there's a whole bunch of stuff right there right now that were mentioned in this documentary. And uh, the one I've watched a couple, uh, a couple of them I have to rewatch because I was watching them like I get off work and I'm fucking tired and I'm watching it and I just kind of fall asleep. And it's like, OK, I, that, I can't review that yet. But one I did watch is called The Demon from 1963. Before I get into a description of it, uh, I'll just give you like a part of my letterboxed review for it here. Uh, <laughs> so uh, sexy, lovesick Italian woman. I just want to have orgasms and be with the man I love. <laughs> stupid backwards man she somehow loves. No, I want to be a fucking stupid and unhappy person. And then stupid backwards village full of superstitious cretins. We've got your back, bro. This is basically uh, a movie about a woman who uses witchcraft to get revenge on on the man she loves who is like rejecting her for whatever stupid fucking reasons. Like She's obviously the the hottest thing in the fucking village. And I guess that's probably the reason why no, no one in the village likes her and call her, calls her a witch because, Hey, she's hot and independent and it's free thinking. So go figure. Right. I get killed uh, a witch all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, so she uses some like very down to earth, practical, like folk magic kind of stuff to like curse him basically. And there, it, it kind of leaves it up in the air as, as to whether he's actually cursed or if it's all in his head or if she's kind of uh, a little bit crazy. Um, there, it's, it's very, it's very much sort of skirts the line. Like, is there something supernatural going on or is there not? Is it all just psychosis, whatever? Um, but it's, I think it's a very good little like sort of feminist piece of folk horror it's way better than the exorcist and it's the, and it and it treats the subject matter way more maturely than the exorcist does and it's got stuff in it that's it's got one specific thing that the exorcist directly fucking stole from it the um although you know in the original theatrical version of the exorcist this was cut from the exorcist but the version we saw which was the restored version um the spider walk the backwards spider walk. Uh-huh. They do that in this film in 1963. Oh. And that, and that's when they're trying to exercise the demons from her. She does that in the church. Uh, so, and this is all in black and white. I think the only, maybe the only drawback to this film is it's maybe a little too long. So like it kind of drags in some places. And even then it's only like an hour 30 or whatever, but um, it's, it was, just fabulous to watch, uh, really well acted, and uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, it's probably going to be on my best of list for oh, that's cool for this year. Yeah, so I really like. I'll have it. to check it out. And I mean the the documentary also that I mentioned is definitely going to be on my best of list. It, it <laughs> might uh, right now it's the favorite thing I've watched this year. So we're January. <laughs> 
I mean, I watch a lot of shit, though, so, you know. But January? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, I forgot to mention as well that I finally watched uh, Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. <laughs> I honestly, I didn't enjoy it. Um, I'm going to be hated for this. Uh, I know Ryan. Ryan basically made me watch it because I told him I hadn't seen it. I got distracted halfway through. Um, it's really slow going. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I have a real hard time watching when people who are perfectly um, able mm-hmm. uh, portray people who have mental disabilities. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, I think it's insulting. I don't know what it is. I know people like people probably have arguments against it, and that's fine. I find that the thing is with movies, like it's art. Do whatever you want to do as long as you're not harming people, like actually physically mm-hmm. hurting people or like physically hurting animals. I really don't give a fuck. It's just me personally. I couldn't get around it. Like I couldn't wrap my head around it. I couldn't take it seriously. I don't know. Like I did no, enjoy. I did I enjoy. It. I get acting. it. Like I mean, uh, it that doesn't necessarily bother me. Bother me. Like I've seen much more egregious depictions of uh, you know mental disabilities and handicaps and stuff like that portrayed by you know perfectly quote unquote normal actors or whatever, right? Hanks is fine in it. Like it, it gets parodied a lot and shit like that. And I think that kind of like, it's very hyperbolic how, how much like people parody it and, and, and overstate it. Like I, I think Hanks actually gives a pretty decent performance, a pretty earnest performance. Um, my biggest problem with the film is it's just such bullshit. Like it's just this fucking cavalcade of nonsense, American exceptionalism, and this this message of it's so I don't know. It's just it's just American myth making bullshit that I don't like. Like it's it's just so far up its own ass, and and I don't like the story. And fuck it, I, I hate I the like movie. The <laughs> yeah, it's like. Alive. Be a real American, you know, and and serve your country and all this bullshit, and and you'll achieve. Don't don't be a free thinker, uh, you know. If if you are if you have the balls to be a a fucking uh, feminist of any sort who wants to live her life on her own terms, you're gonna die of AIDS and <clears throat> and be a junkie. Well, like, kind uh, of yeah, that kind of bummed me out. Like it was this girl who had a shitty upbringing went and explored mm-hmm. and it just every bad thing that could have happened and then she ended up in the arms of a guy who had no idea what was going on mm-hmm. like i know she uh was close to him but i know she didn't actually love him right like you could tell like she, you could tell and it was just at the end when she had nothing else she's like why not it's not i didn't think the marriage was beautiful i didn't i don't know i don't know yeah, it's, I don't just, know. it's just it's just I tried saccharine sweet I tried bullshit it just sucks i, I like think it was okay have you seen do you watch american dad at all no uh okay well there's one episode where uh do you know the premise like there's an alien in it yeah 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 yeah. i know okay so the alien roger is like a, a bond villain and uh, stan plays like uh, american james bond which they make fun of um but the whole point of the movie is that they make like um, the villain Roger is trying to make a movie that makes people cry to death. Like they're going to so sad. It's called tearjerker. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's about a, a boy in the war, a Jewish boy in world war two with a disability 
whose dog dies or sorry, his dog <laughs> has cancer. And it's all like the saddest things possible could happen to this child. Mm-hmm. And that's what the cheer jerking movie is. And that's basically what it reminds me of. That yes. is exactly what it reminds me of. They literally take everything that's sad that could possibly happen. They do it. And that's, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. And you know, no, just, no matter, no matter what, heap of shit the world dumps on you as long as you stick to your guns and be a true american apple pie bullshit you'll be fine yeah don't go against the rules just follow what your sergeant says you'll be fine it's 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 uh, like the performances are great i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shit on that and yeah it's absolutely amazing um with uh forest and his like little quips that he makes like his comments that he makes where he's mm-hmm. like that's all i'm gonna say about that and then like yeah, that's yeah. all i'm gonna say but i love that i thought that was really cute i thought it added it some humor to the movie but that's all i like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like, i didn't no. yeah no i'm not not a forrest gump fan uh i'm happy i could say this with you because like at work i was gonna say it <laughs> i didn't <laughs> Now, now I'm saying it on the podcast where everyone can listen to me so they can bitch at me later. Uh, don't well, at me, guys. Yeah, you can add at me. You know, I'll, I'll fight you. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play a podcast promo and some music. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Turbo Kid. And I don't know about you, Lee, but I feel like we got this, man. We got this by the ass. At least you ungodly warlock. What? What were you gonna say? At least a jaw in the face. Got it. Yeah. By. Or maybe a maybe a grope of the groin. <laughs> I don't know. Broadcasting from the cursed earth, the psychosemanticast. Let us face without panic the reality of our time. The fact that atom bombs may someday be dropped on our cities. And let us prepare for survival by understanding the weapon that threatens us. To have a, uh, an ignorant, uh, thin-skinned megalomaniac uh, who sends off uh, you know, Twitters at 3 a.m. if somebody angered him. The neo-Nazis turning up in Washington, D.C. to have a rally saying, Heil Trump. We talk about politics. I knew I couldn't trust you corporate grease balls. We talk about movies. You can't come down here and arrest people just because of what they look like. Are you crazy? If that's police harassment. We talk about political movies. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. They're all around us and we never knew it. You can only see them with these special glasses. The Psycho Semanticast. You ungodly warlock.
All right. Turbo Kid from 2015, and we have a trailer. I will destroy you with my Turbo Glove, the ultimate weapon against the robot threat. But to be a true hero, you have to save your girlfriend. Hey! What's that in your head? So, it's, it's a comic book? What's it about? It's about a Turbo Rider? <gasps> it's rad! I always wonder what the other side looked like. It's kind of gray and dusty. Well, I could show you. Around here, we like to do things with a little more joie de vie. Where is she? Release the girl. This is gonna get out. As you may know, the situation is critical. We have reached maximum casualty level. Who exactly are you supposed to be? This is it, soldier. We have to hit these machines with everything we've got. Find them, kill them, lead back their heads on pikes. I'm meeting up with an old knight. Strike is this. Ah, That's wrong. I wish I could have been more like the real Turbo Rider. But you could totally be Turbo Kid. All right, Turbo Kid, written and directed in the. Forgive me, these are all going to be like mostly French Canadian names, so I'm going to butcher a lot of these. Um, so this is written directed by uh, Trio, who have basically worked on everything together. Um, this is uh, Francois Samard, Anouk Wissel, and Johan Carl Wissel. And this is basically based on a short they made back in 2011 called T is for Turbo, which I actually shared with uh, Lee today uh, on Facebook. Um, and this was done for the ABCs of Death. Um, uh, which is uh, basically a movie featuring a shit ton of horror and sci-fi shorts and stuff like that. And uh, these people, these uh, three have um, gone on to do summer of 84 from 2018, which is really, really good. Fucking good. Um, uh, the Lamatos uh, featuring pause video for no tomorrow, a turbo kid tale from 2016, which is like a prequel movie and a music video at the same time. I've, I showed you that a, a while back, right? Yeah. Um, where they bring back uh, some of the actors and stuff. And, and it's basically showing Apple before she meets up with turbo kid. And these, uh, these three together are known as roadkill superstar. That's their production company, I guess for, for filmmaking. Um, it is uh, starring Monroe chambers as the kid. He's got two credits I recognize and just, just a bunch of other stuff that I've never seen, but he was in Degrassi, the next generation. Uh, I guess he was a recurring character on that. And he was, he was in the, I think the seventh movie in this series, Beethoven's Christmas adventure from 2011, which was a direct to video thing, the Beethoven uh, dog movie series or whatever. Um, then we have uh, Lawrence LeBeouf as Apple. Uh, one credit I noticed that she was, 
in that is fairly significant. I don't know what big of a role she had in it. I don't remember, but uh, Darren Aronofsky's mother from 2017, which is a weirdly like um, horror movie slash art house movie slash religious parable thing. It's fucked up. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's I don't like it. Um, Then we have probably one of the most, if not the most famous character actors from Canada, especially in from like the later half of the last century going on into the century. Uh, Michael Ironside as Zeus, who has 149 film credits alone that have hit the theaters. And he's got many more like uh, direct the video credits as well. But you've seen him in everything from scanners, top gun, prom night Two, watchers, total recall Highlander Two, the quickening free Willy starship troopers is probably what most people recognize him from these days. Uh, the Perfect Storm, he's in Terminator Salvation, X-Men First Class. Like, he usually just kind of pops up in small roles these days. You know, he's getting on in years and shit, but um, he's here as the heavy as Zeus. Uh, we have Edwin Wright as Skeletron, who is the uh, henchman to uh, Zeus. We have Aaron Jeffrey as Fredri- Frederick and Romano Ozari as Bagu. And we have a synopsis here from IMDb. And I think this is directly like stolen from like the DVD or whatever. In a post-apocalyptic future, the kid, a young solitary scavenger obsessed with comic books, must face his fears and become a reluctant hero when he meets a mysterious girl named Apple. Despite their efforts to keep to themselves, Zeus, the sadistic and self-proclaimed leader of the wasteland, plagues the kid and Apple. Armed with little more than blind faith and an ancient turbocharged weapon, the kid learns of justice and friendship and embarks on an incredible journey to rid the wasteland of evil and save the girl of his dreams. And there we go. That's not bad. Um, Yeah. Uh, So we both know the first time you watch this, but uh, you can let the people know and give your sort of general thoughts on this one, Lee. Uh, I'm pretty sure, actually, I honestly think it was like around this time last year that we watched it. Yeah, pretty close, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was my first time watch, and uh, I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was like texting you. The whole time I was texting you as I was watching it. Uh, it's just such a fucking cute movie. It's this feel-good, fun, like, um, fantasy movie. Uh, it has this vibe of like... Um, uh, a fallout game like that same mm-hmm. idea like where it is the future but you're stuck into a certain era and yeah. you can see that and i love it i love that this movie um they knew it was cheesy and they went with the cheesy uh and it wasn't badly done because i think sometimes they try too hard when this one i found it was it was the perfect amount of cheese uh i just thought it was so cute i thought the the hero kid was like the super adorable, like standard, like in quotations, loser kid who mm, the, the guys never kissed a girl and never had like a girl like and look at him. Comic books, mm-hmm. he's nerdy. The one that everyone always makes fun of, right? Like when you're in elementary school, like that's the kid that got made fun. Well, kids like us got made fun of, mm-hmm. and he ends up being the hero, which again, cheesy is adorable. Yeah, sorry, super cheesy, and it's super adorable. And the uh, the robot. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I love her. Uh, she's just, like, I just love her because she plays the character as this um, 
overly optimistic character and that's her robot that's her programming it said she's a friendship robot yeah and she plays it so well like just when he goes hey or hail zeus she's like hail zeus yeah she's very like she gets excited by things that are you know when other people are excited she gets into it you know like she yeah, kind of mimics she, that she's she's very chipper and optimistic every time like there's there's never there's never a time where she's like Oh, this sucks. Yeah, she's you know? got this big smile on her face the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like when her friend died, she's like, oh, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Oh. We had fun oh, together. Well. It was great. Oh, well. Just, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> and the fight scenes, the fight scenes are just so over the top. The death scenes, the blood, the bodies mm-hmm. that, like, end up, like, leapfrogging each other, but end up on top of each other, like, Oh my god! <laughs> and I was I was telling you too. I really like this one because um, it has that like post apocalyptic humor, which is kind of like the movie, like the Ghost Beaver King movie that I yes. did. It's that same idea where it's not made to be taken seriously. It's not made to be anything. Like the whole premise of it is fucking ridiculous, and mm-hmm. the whole story behind is like completely out of this world. Like nothing will ever happen like this. But it's just this. Uh, super fun fantasy world that you really enjoy and I I remember the director when we were getting extras for ninjas like the post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. ninjas we told them think of it as finding any scraps you can find in order to make a costume Yeah, that is what it reminded me of like all the the henchmen that's what it reminded me of like literally just whatever scraps they could find to make yeah. some sort of outfit and that's the same vibe I got off of the henchman that I did when we did our movie. So really cool, really cool concept. Such a fun fucking movie. Uh, the blood and gore was just, <laughs> <laughs> it's so hilarious. Like it's really over the top. Like it's a, uh, it's a Mortal Kombat video game type gore. Yeah. <laughs> but you're laughing the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little bit sadistic. Some, some of the deaths are very like Mortal Kombat. Like where, there's no way that could actually happen, but you know, like where, uh, like in the flashback scene where turbo kid's father gets killed by the skull guy, yeah. uh, where he gets basically like, he gets an X chopped down him by the razor blade. And then he segments and falls into different pieces, right? Like no way you could really do that, but yeah, in this movie you can, you know, it, and, it, and it looks fucking great. And it's, it's, it's so cheap on a level that you can't help but love it because you know, they're like, this is the best we can do with our budget. We're going to make it look fun. And that that's that sort of trumps any cheapness. Like, as long as you can tell, like, they're f- having fun doing it and then, and it looks fun and it's yeah. enjoyable to watch on the screen. It works. It doesn't have to look realistic. It, it just and if it looked realistic, it wouldn't fit the tone of the movie either. So, no, it wouldn't. And I, I kind of love that the relationship that was based between the two main characters, because you can see that it's a very dark world mm-hmm. and she's a very uh, optimistic robot or optimistic person in general. So at first he's trying to not kind of fall into that trap. And he's... then when she's around, he's a lot more uh, brave, like a lot more willing to do stuff, a lot more passionate. Uh, he has more reason, to, uh, like a reason to live instead mm-hmm. of like trying to hide. Yeah. So, he's very, uh, He's very defensive and, you know, uh, when when she, well, in, in, in a way with, with good reason, when she first 
when she first meets yeah. him because <laughs> because she's she's too chipper. She's chipper to the point where you kind of think like she might be unstable, unhinged, maybe dangerous, you know, kind of thing. But when you realize she's an android and she's just incredibly sincere, like to to a fault, she's you know she she just sure her, she, she yeah she's just like programmed to sort of run on like wonder and childish exuberance, you know. And she's also like just a super emotional kind of being. Like every everything is like emotional reactions to stuff, you know, and it's all positive emotion, emotional reactions to things. And you're but like, okay, the character works. Like it, 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 you, you totally get where she's coming from. And she feels like she's somehow gotten past her programming because there's more depth to her character, right? Like she, she actually is introspective. She thinks about, you know, what she is. She knows what she is. And she and doesn't she, like other robots and other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I like everybody, but I don't like you. Yeah, I don't like you. Yeah. I think it's kind of cute because it has this um, kind of reality on life as well. Because there's a lot of times where we live our day-to-day lives and we kind of get onto, like, autopilot and we live just Mm -hmm. to live. Like, we live just to survive. So that's all we do. Like, there's nothing. There's no enjoyment. And uh, there tends to be that, like, positive person or positive uh, influence that comes into your life where all of a sudden you start feeling like you want more, you want mm-hmm. to do more, you want to kind of live a better life. And that's kind of what I felt with that. It was obviously like uh, a needle in the arm dose of happiness, but it still had that. But same she, idea. yeah, she, she wakes him up. Right. Cause he, in, he's kind of content to just scavenge where he is. He's got his home base. He's got a map drawn out of the surrounding area. And he's like, oh, this area here, don't go there at all. Just don't even think about it. So he's like confined to this area of the map. And he's just kind of like, you know, going through the motions until he meets her. And then when he basically, you know, opens up to her and and they sort of fall for each other and shit, he's like, you know what? Maybe I want to go into the forbidden zone and see what's past that. You know, like he's, he's actually thinking about like making a life. Yeah, he lives you know? to live. Yeah, yeah. He actually lives to kind of explore and do things. It's not just live to survive. It's live to just say fuck it, let's do it. Who cares what happens? Like, yeah, there's there's a very like really just sweet love story at the center of it, and you know, two people helping each other. And so, I I do want to get into this. Uh, so, this is sort of why I don't think. Apple is the manic pixie dream girl because the manic pixie dream girl is essentially kind of like a one dimensional, perfect female character that is there to support the male and fulfill all of his fantasies basically. And I don't feel like she is that quite at all. Like I think it's a neat subversion of that trope because she's programmed to be that like, that's like, she's knowingly, she's a friendship robot or whatever right Mm. so she's programmed to be the perfect companion perfect friend perfect girl for some dude but she's survived beyond that and she you know she she learns she grows she introspects and she it feels like by the end of it she genuinely falls in love with turbo kid and vice versa and there's a real friendship there and I feel like, you know, the movie's kind of winking at the trope going like, yeah, we can still kind of do that performance, that manic pixie dream curl performance, but we can put some depth to it. 
and we can make it more than just the the stupid hollow like basically misogynistic trope that it actually is so i i think this movie actually has like even some hidden depth to it in that regard that you wouldn't really expect from just this wacky parody not even parody but like love letter kind of send up of mad max style films you know and she's fighting all the time like there's mm-hmm. never at one point is she a, a helpless female no the the trailer makes really? you think the trailer makes you think she is right because yeah fought, save his girl and and shit like no it's not really that like they they pull each other's arses out of the fire several times like they they help they're a team like they help yeah each they other. help yeah. each other yeah yeah it's, it's i don't know it's it's fucking cute it's so mm-hmm. fucking cute and i love okay so here's a question for you uh favorite death scene oh i think i still get the biggest kick and so this was a so like if you watch the t is for turbo short um that they used is the basis for this film. Several of the things that happen in that short happen in this film. And in this case, this is like taken to a super extreme. Um, It's the guy gets cut in half and his two halves fall on the head of another person. And, and so he can't see, and he's wandering around like legs or whatever, you know, the lower half of a dude's body, like, hanging off of his body and they do in this film they 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 they, they do it like to one guy like three or four like halves of of different people fall on him like a fucking stacking an ice cream cone and it's fucking hilarious it's i i get a fucking kick out of every fucking time i see it It, it's just like a great visual and it, it looks so fake, but it's so funny. I, I love it. Absolutely love it. I, I, I that's, it's so hilarious. Cause it's like a theme through the movie too, where mm-hmm. they end up just getting stuck on each other. Like the, the half the corpse of the getting stuck on somebody. Yeah. And at the end, it's just a, a tower of it. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's like, how, how do you improve on that joke? You just go bigger with it. Right. Yeah. Like, like it's just over the top do it. And that's the whole point of that movie. Like they're making fun of themselves. Uh, my absolute favorite death scene was uh, the skull face guy. When mm-hmm. Turbo Kid shoves the umbrella. In, oh yeah. The umbrella. And he <laughs> explodes in pieces. And then there's enough body parts for them to have this romantic kiss at the end yeah this whole thing with the parts raining down it's just a yeah it's 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 like romantic and and silly at the same time it's a great visual where you know so yeah he 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 pops the fucking umbrella and skull kid and he blows up and it's just in time to put the umbrella over apple and him so they're kind of they don't get most of the gore on them right but it's (laughs) just that like how it it happens too because if you think about it's opening that way and so everything would shoot that way. No, the whole fucking sky gets full of blood and guts. Yeah, yeah. And they have time, and like it's still raining as they like look longingly into each other's eyes, and they step in for that first kiss, and it's still fucking raining down. Yeah, like, yeah. And, his body because of it. And how did it actually end up going in the air? Like, and and Turbo Kid's face is covered in blood, and they kiss, and she gets a bunch of blood on her face from kissing him. And it's just, it's cute. It's very cute. Like, it's like the funny. <laughs> oh, God. 
I did enjoy uh, the unicorn. That. Yeah, the unicorn that the, the badass uh, female thug of Zeus yeah. who doesn't really say any. I don't think she has a speaking line in it. She's just no. silent, but she's like, she's the most capable. She's actually the, actually, she's really the only capable villain in that group, really, yeah. <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> but yeah. That's and the, uh, the jaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the, so the, the obvious Mad Max. Uh, sort of equivalent in this film um, is, you know, uh, Aaron Jeff, Aaron Jeffrey is Frederick. And so he's, you, you kind of think, Oh, he's going to be the hero, right? Like he, he seems like the tough, badass hero guy, but he's, he kind of gets neutered a little bit early on in the film. And he kind of becomes like the sidekick, like the, the not even sidekick, but like support character kind of thing. Like he's still a badass, but he's, you know, lesser than he was. And like he's he's not strong enough to fight Zeus and them on his own, so it, like it takes Turbo Kid and Apple teaming up with him to actually do the job. But uh, yeah, there's that one moment where uh, he does the reverse of the. <laughs> yeah, he, he he does the reverse. He he, he kicks the, he kicks the genitals first, pulls the dude's jaw off, and then pokes him in the eyes and looks over the kid like right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thumbs up, brother. Yeah, I got uh, this right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's so fucking it's good. There's it's there's so like good. good little callbacks in it, and uh, oh, and the Zelda hearts, oh. like all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I told you I had a note on that. I was like, yeah. she she pulls her arm up and she's got Zelda hearts. It's oh, it's okay. I you know it's just a few hearts got knocked off when I got shot or whatever. It's like oh my god, and then that's that's the best thing about this. Um, and we, we've, we've talked about this before, like on our best of show when we were talking about this film and stuff. Um, it uses this 1980s aesthetic for it. Right. Because, you know, that's where the world ended in the 1980s, but it's very background and subdued in a way. Like there's noticeably 1980s things in it, but it doesn't go of its way to draw attention to those things. And everything that it shows that is noticeably 1980s, it feels kind of off-brand 1980s, like it's a parallel world <laughs> 1980s. Lee's choking to death right now. Y'all all right? You okay? I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Okay, Sorry. good. <laughs> but I yeah, apologize. It, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. But but it's, su- it's such a refreshing thing to, to see, like, this movie where... Yes, the score is kind of 80-ish synth music and stuff like that, but that's probably the most egregious 1980s kind of thing in it, honestly, is the score more than anything else. Like, everything else, it just feels natural to the world. It doesn't feel like, hey, look how 80s we are, guys. Like, remember the 80s? This is what the 80s was like, guys. Remember that? It's very... It's just yeah. very well done, like very well integrated. There was a, it feels like there's a lot of thought put into making sure it was like in the background and that the performances were much more important than the actual world they're set in. Kind of what thing. I enjoyed about it was it was this um, nod to thinking how people in the 80s would see the future as like just small things, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't like obviously. Oh, it had to be like a post-apocalyptic style, but there was still that kind of imagery of like what people thought of the future. 
And again, mm-hmm. this is where I brought up Fallout because when you watch Fallout or when you play Fallout, it's very like 1940s, 1950s based. Yeah, it's the retro futurism thing. Yeah. So yeah. they still have all the music that's like that very 1940s style. And they still have like outfits and all that stuff. And that, like, even the housing is all the same. Mm-hmm. But then you go into this post apocalyptic world where. Yes, it's advanced, but it still takes all that stuff from back then. And this is the same thing. Like, it's not screaming your face saying, hey, we're the 80s. It's more, hey, this is the present, but we got stuck in the 80s. Yeah, this is what, yeah, and it's a good, yeah, Fallout's a perfect example because the world in Fallout, yes, there's futuristic technology, but aesthetically and culturally, America stopped in the 1950s, basically, mm-hmm. but the technology still advanced. It just advanced within the confines of that aesthetic, basically. So that's kind of the same thing that's happening here. Cause when you, when you think about it, like, and I wanted to bring this up actually. Um, so there really was a turbo rider or something, some sort of equivalent to that in the comic book that he reads, cause he, he finds the turbo suit right in the, in the fucking wrist blaster and shit. So was this a real superhero before the war? Was this a government sponsored program for super soldiers with like really good propaganda behind it? Cause it's the 1980s. So rah, rah, big government and weapons and shit like that. Like it, it's never fully explained, but it f- really feels like, you know, there, there was something going on there where like, these were the, these were the future soldiers of the 1980s. Like this was the next step in like super soldiers and stuff like that in war technology before the nuclear war actually happened. You know, that kind of reminds me, like it would give me the sense of um, what would happen if you found Captain America dead in the ice instead of alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, also, it alludes to the fact that basically a Terminator thing happened where the machines rebelled. So in the 1980s of this world, they full on had like realistic, so real, like Cylons from Battlestar Galactica, basically, like so realistic humans that you or couldn't sense. tell the their sense that you, yeah, from Fallout that you couldn't tell the difference, right? So like... They're very much like it, it could be it, it feels like it could be 1980s style technology. But really, in that world, it even though it says 1997, this is the future. I mean, who knows? Like the 1990s, the 1980s of that world might have been the equivalent of like the 2320s or something of mm-hmm. like this world, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know. I think it's cute. I think it's it's just done. It's done so well. Uh, I like. Okay, so <laughs> the one scene where the merchant gets caught mm-hmm. and they stick him to the bicycle thing. Oh yeah. As much as it's disgusting, I'm like, that's fucking clever. It's great. It, that's a great torture method. Like that's so. It's so absurd, but it's funny and effective. And okay, I fucking love this. There's no cars. They only use yeah. bicycles. Ah, like ah. Make it makes sense, right? Like in in the in the in the world that it's set in, it feels like this is this is like twenty years after Mad Max, where there is no gasoline left after that. Like it's all gone. So w- what are people going to drive? They're going to be driving bikes. 
I mean, they it, all it only... have bikes. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny because it's all BMX bikes. <laughs> <laughs> like the least convenient bikes for traveling around. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking great. I, I love the, uh, the sort of gimmick of, uh, you know, Zeus is taking his victims and making water out of them by putting mm. them in this big grinder. And it's, ba- it's basically just a callback to Soylent Green. Instead of food, you know, Soylent Green is people, it's water is people, basically, kind of thing. He, like he tells Bagu at one point, it's like, your water is just people. Like that, That's just what you're drinking right now. You're drinking people. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Yeah. It's just... Uh... It's, a gra- it's, it's a fucking great film. I, I love it. And I mean, it, to be fair, like on the surface, it's a very, you can see it's like, yes, it's a short that's stretched out to a feature length in a way, but I feel like they fill it with enough great characters and performances, especially from our two leads, which are, they're just fucking, their chemistry is so good together. It carries the entire film. I love that dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. When she gets her new body. Yeah. Oh, I love that dress. <laughs> Oh, and then when she comes up, she's like, "You left, or you forgot about me, or you left." What'd she say? It's like, "Well, I thought you were dead." She's like, "No, you. Oh, sorry, you didn't wait for me. You didn't Mm. wait for me. I thought you were dead. No, you didn't wait for me to start the fight." (laughs) (laughs) I thought they really worked well together too. Like there was this chemistry where they both had their strength and both had their weaknesses, Mm -hmm. so they both complemented each other. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I found was very uh, awesome about their dynamic. So it wasn't him being the main hero with her being the uh, the damsel in distress. No, they it were was, they were a true partnership, right? Like they, yeah. they complemented each other. Yeah. Yeah. There was an absolute uh, work together for them. Like mm-hmm. it was, it, it kind of had the same, like it was so sad when she, uh, at the end, when I know we say spoilers, but spoilers, guys, uh, when she dies. Yeah. Because it's like they built this really nice, beautiful relationship where they were really like they were both amazing to each other. But I think it was also this like knowing that she was a robot, like she wasn't going to age or anything. And she didn't have a sense of life or death while he did. So she kind of like sacrificed herself so he could be better and do things and go on and live his life. Because at the at the end of it, he's like you know, uh, Frederick or whatever his name is. He's like, so where are you going to go, kid? He's like, I'm going to go in the wasteland, you know, see what's there. And he's like, there's nothing there. He's like, I know, but he, he wants to do it now. He wants to, you know, he's on, he's untethered now from his old life, basically. And and she made that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was a friendship robot. Like she was going to either live at the same age for the rest of her life or, die at some point like we don't even know how old she is because you know previous to this like her previous best friend when you watch that short mm-hmm. you know that she's been around forever like she's yeah. been around for a long fucking time yeah there's so like in the t t is for turbo not not the t is for turbo short but we're talking about the actual uh lamatos uh video um no tomorrow turbo kid tale from 2016 uh that that's the whole like prequel to turbo kid basically and there she's with the other guy that she's with who's the uh i guess water hunter or something she called him mm-hmm. and um he's on his last legs at that point and then she has a little adventure there uh 
it is good stuff. I recommend it. I'll, I'll probably link that under the, under the, uh, in the show notes. Um, and I'll also link, of course, the, uh, T is for turbo short in the, in the show notes as well. Um, which is, which is a neat comparison because that ends vastly different than <laughs> turbo kid actually ends. Uh, oh that one's, God, that one's more of a sick joke. Like, Hey, let's make this kind of a horror movie with a sick joke kind of thing in it. We actually, um, um speaking of which we actually had like an alternate ending for ghost beaver kick. That was similar. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where the bad guys <laughs> win. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so people <laughs> yeah. say fuck having heroes in general, just murder them. <laughs> uh, so this was shot like all in Canada. Uh, I think some of it in stage sound stages and stuff in Montreal, but uh, at the very least on location places in Montreal and then uh, Thetford mines, apparently in, in Quebec. Um, and this was an old asbestos mine. Uh, oh, okay. And the, there's still a town there and shit, but like, all the ones where you, where you see them outdoors and it looks like a fucking quarry or whatever, that's actually the Thetford mines that's all shot around. Uh, so it's like a lot of practical locations and stuff. Like they made this for $60,000, which is bizarrely low. <laughs> well, again, like uh, I was totally a part of a movie under, but like with a tiny budget. So again, it's just finding people who have the resources that you need. Like we lucked out that uh, Cody's uncle had um, a scrapyard. So that mm-hmm. final scene we could do that looked really fucking cool in the scrapyard was because we knew somebody. Mm-hmm. Had we been able to like actually film in a place like that, not at all. <laughs> we did not have right. the budget. And all the costumes that came out were literally we told people get stuff, find stuff, do whatever, make your own costumes, but make them look as if you're taking stuff that you would find left over from a war or from uh, whatever, like mm-hmm. the fallout style where you're just looking for whatever you can. And um, that's, I have a feeling that's exactly what they did. They just took whatever they yeah. could, whatever resources they had and um, whatever money they had to spend to make like the main characters, all the mm-hmm. backups, you see them, they look kind of rough and tough. And I'm like, yeah. they probably got their own costumes. Like they literally probably were like, get whatever you can at Halloween shops, find whatever you can. Here's a tiny budget that we'll give you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I have no doubt that this, that's the, uh, that's what happened there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, unfortunately this didn't do too well. Like it, it made $7,000 basically. <laughs> It did well. I mean, the the box office it says in the USA, that's the only number I can find. Says sixty seven thousand dollars. So it got back its budget and seven thousand dollars, which I don't know. Uh, I assume it made a lot more money on streaming and like. I feel yeah. like it made a lot more money in Quebec. Yeah, probably. Quebec. Mind you, I feel like it would have made more had it been French. Um, I don't disagree. There, it probably would have. Yeah. Um. They probably tried for the English because, like, English is more popular for movies. But I honestly feel because Quebec is very uh, proud of their artists and their films and their art, I feel like they would have done – it would have been – mind you, had they just done that, it wouldn't have branched out outside of Quebec. It would have been a very niche market. So. Yeah, yeah. And this was a, this was a Canadian uh, New Zealand co-production, basically, apparently. So uh, I don't know – who I guess it was probably just some production company in New Zealand that threw some money at this or whatever. But um, uh, yeah, I, I don't. Who who cares if it was successful or not? I love it. It's it's fucking great, and people should watch it. Um, 
people should uh, watch it. Yeah. Um, so it's one little trivia thing here as well. Uh, the, it was supposed to be uh, set in a desert wasteland, but due to rainy weather during filming, the acid rain was included in the storyline, basically. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And so all the ponds and puddles you see at the quarry and shit, they were all tinted green to simulate this. So they actually tinted the, with the water puddles green and shit. That's awesome. Yeah. Like way to use your fucking <laughs> resources, like how you need to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a sequel in development. It's been in development for several years now. I, I imagine uh, COVID has even slowed that down even more, but uh, they're, they're still working on it apparently. And uh, also, if you go on Steam, there is a Turbo Kid video game that is being developed, and I, I it is not released yet, but it says it's it's going to show up very soon. Apparently, uh, I've seen like some footage of it and shit, and it looks kind of cool. It's like a side-scrolling action game, kind of fast-paced. So it seems it doesn't have like the revenue from the film itself like the showing of the film itself mm-hmm. but it does have a lot of like underground popular <laughs> oh, sorry yeah I'm so sorry sorry right. <laughs> i couldn't reach the mute button fast enough it's okay um anyways uh the kind of an underground like cult following like it it, it has that vibe like because it's funny i mentioned the movie a couple times and uh, there's a few people here and there that will say like, oh man, yeah, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in our group, like uh, Guy saw it and he fucking loves yeah. it. And even when he mentioned it, like there's a lot more people that um, noticed or recognized the movie than I thought would. So as much as it gained popularity like in theaters, mm-hmm. it gained popularity in like everybody else. And I, and I will, I will say, I think they're, they're, follow-up movie summer of 84 i think that was a big enough hit that if, if i'm not mistaken i think that was a hit i think that made quite a bit of money because that was a real well-regarded film when it came out in like 2018 or whatever that probably made them enough money and got enough clout that they can probably get turbo kid to out sometime in the next couple of years i hope anyway I mean, the, the, the fact that they got a video game as well in development and shit kind of, I think, kind of bodes well for, like, keeping the, the quote-unquote IP in the public conscience a little bit kind of thing. That'd be interesting to see. Yeah. That'd be fun. You know, uh, as much as I think it's kind of a perfect movie in, on its own, like, I would not be opposed to, like, Turbo Kid 2 with Apple somehow coming back in some weird way. I, I don't know. Well, you did see her come back after you thought she was dead when her head got cut off. Yeah. So, but that's the thing. Like, there's no body. What if? Uh, I mean, Somebody she can found her. Someone like, could find find her, her memory and stuff stored on a microchip. Put it in a new body. There you go. Yeah, I was gonna say someone could find her body because her body is marked, so they can mm-hmm. easily find her body and either fix her because it's just parts. It's not yeah. as if it's one of those things. Like, if you find the right parts, you can fix her. Not human. Or you could you could even go deeper and do like some sort of transhumanism thing where she becomes even more biological and who knows? Well, who knows? Hire us for the script. We're gonna write Turbo Kid too. We're gonna make it better than what these fucking hacks fucking <laughs> came up with. What? You yeah. know what? Just hire me as an extra. I have filming experience. Yeah, and, and I have she, a costume. Yeah, and she can she can do she can do fighting. 
Yeah, so I can we'll, I actually have martial arts skills? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I I will link Ghost Beaver uh, Kick in the show notes as well, <laughs> and because it, it feels like you know it's if not in the universe of Turbo Kid, it's like one universe. Uh, you know, it's so similar. It. It's so yeah. similar. It it uh, even the ending with that really cheesy like. Uh, like the buildup, like even with the mm-hmm. okay, you know how uh, uh, Zeus has the electricity that comes out, and he's like, yeah. "Okay, how convenient is that ending compared to like Ghost Beaver Kicks ending?" They're super yeah. fucking similar. They're super yeah, they fucking similar. Like even with like the robot sidekick jumping on the fucking main character to save them. I mean, honestly, Turbo Kid is just bo- Ghost Beaver Kick. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it. <laughs> was gonna message you that like steal our idea <laughs> <laughs> fuck it look, look at these fucking hacks god damn it they just stole they just we stole were actually those. after i think we we're after yeah i think 2018 this is oh so you're the hacks we are the hacks we oh, stole well. from them <laughs> we stole from them not oh. really if anybody's watching this who knows about them we did not there's no it's totally two different movies they're a lot of fun they're both yeah she she legit she legit did not see Turbo Kid until I watched it with her. So. Well, I did my first year watches, so mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. even know this movie existed. But yeah, um, I just I I'm pretty stoked that a movie like this uh, did what it was supposed to do because um, I could see how that could be taken way too far or not far enough, and they mm-hmm. just did that perfect amount. Like it was just this. Again, it was a feel-good movie. It was adorable. It was cheesy. There was so much fucking gore in it. So yeah. it was like this romantic fucking sadistic movie all at the same time. Fun for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> everything. It's, it's, it's great stuff. It's fucking great stuff. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do next time. I, I've got a couple ideas I've, I'm sort of throwing around in my brain. We should uh, do... Oh, we could do the thing. We could. We could do Hereditary. We could. Uh, we do another movie that you're thinking in your brain right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm thinking if I can snag um, Bobby Trippett and Mike Wood from the Grind Bin, and then uh, do the spaghetti, the late period spaghetti western Kioma, which is fucking ridiculous. Uh, that might be a lot of fun too. That so, would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that. If that doesn't happen, then it, it might just be the thing that we do next. We could do it as a an intermission episode too. Like, uh, what the thing? Yeah. I feel like the thing is a full episode. Like, okay, let's uh, do it as a full episode. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> like try to do the thing in 30 minutes or some shit like that. That's not gonna work. And I, I and I feel like if we do the thing, we got to like get Paul in on it at the very least, too. So yeah, it'd be nice to have Paul again. It's been a mm-hmm. while. Yeah, but well, sorry, um, it's been a while for me, not for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, gotta get that threesome going again. Um, so anything you want to plug, uh, Lee, before we get out of here? So, um, for all your cute dog and cat pictures mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no for all updates on uh, they must be destroyed on site follow me at mighty tiny all star I post um, posts I post posts 
That's how it works. I post yeah, that's, my that's... hashtag hashtags uh, about uh, new and upcoming episodes. Um, and I did post some background pictures while we were filming. Mm-hmm. Just so you can have something to laugh at afterwards. Really Russell. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, definitely go check me out. Go check me out. Uh, yeah. Do, do check her out. She's, she's a good check. Yeah. Out. Yeah. If there's no pictures of the podcast, there will be pictures of cats or dogs. Cat or dog. Cat or dog. Yep. Yeah, uh, you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com where you can find all of our requisite links to all the stuff that we do and all that good stuff. And, of course, you want to join the Facebook group if you want to get in contact with us and give us movie suggestions and, you know, just general, like, generally converse with us and we'll read your comments on the show and all that good stuff. You know, you want to interact. You, you want to be with the fucking cream of the crop. You want to be with the fucking stars of the show that only about a hundred people listen to on a good week, but you know, (laughs) you want to post a comment that Lee Russell will read in his uh, sexy Michael Caine voice. Yeah. Um, I feel like we should have a Patreon for me to do that. <laughs> if, you, if you pay it to like the $5 tier, I'll read your comment as Michael Caine, maybe. In I the sexiest way possible, or the goofiest, whatever. You put your request where your horse, like, let you. I don't know. Can I, can I even do sexy Michael Caine? I, I feel like all of my Michael Caine is goofy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You got some sexy in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Um... But yeah, uh, I, I guess we're done. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you, Lady Lee. Uh, I think we thank had a, you. Yeah, I think we had a lot of fun with this one. Um, it was so much fun. And we'll be back when we're back. Goodbye. Bye.
see what the rest of the wasteland looks like. Well, there's not much to see there, kid. listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Site. For further episodes, our Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and YouTube links, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. Drive through.